This is the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast with Rachel Spencer. Listen in each week for tips on ways to win media coverage and create content to make sure your pet business stands out from the competition. Hi, and thank you for listening to this week's podcast where I'm going to be talking about things to consider if you are thinking of setting up a Facebook group for your pet business. So the reason I'm recording this is it's come up quite a lot in my mini membership where I work with pet business owners when it comes to raising their profiles, being more confident, putting themselves out there and giving them inspiration with content marketing. And with all the changes that have been happening in social media, platforms changing what they want all the time um, and lots of uncertainty, Facebook groups are a topic that have, that has come up over and over again with all kinds of different businesses. And I'm also really aware that I have lots of different businesses in my mini membership as well, from product makers to service providers, from all kinds of different backgrounds who have Facebook groups and who make them work really well. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about the 21 things to consider if you are thinking about setting up a Facebook group. And I hope you're going to find it helpful. I'm also going to give... Um, I'm going to share a little secret with you at the end of this episode about how I made this podcast or how I made some of this podcast. So if you are a keen listener and you listen to the end, I'm going to share a little secret with you, which might help you with your content marketing too. So without further ado, I'm going to go straight into the 21 reasons because there's quite a lot of them. There's 21 and I'm going to be sharing lots of different examples in there as well. Do let me know if it inspires you to set up a Facebook group and do let me know what your Facebook group is because I have a Facebook group where I have a sharing thread every week and if you wanted to grow your Facebook group you can come and pop in there and give it a share. So number one thing to consider when setting up a Facebook group is what is the purpose of the group? It's really important if you're going to set up a Facebook group um, that it has an actual purpose so you have to think about like what is it that you want to achieve from having the group? Will it be to help you build your authority in a certain area? Will it be to help you connect with pet parents locally? Will it be to help you be more visible? Will it be to help you have a deeper relationship with the people who might follow your Facebook page? It could be that you want to build a community around your business and the Facebook group can enable you to do that. So it's important to make that clear so people can make a swift decision about whether it is for them or not. For example, I've got a Facebook group called Publicity for Pet Businesses. I created it when I when I wrote my book. Coming up to five years ago, I wrote a book called Publicity Tips for Pet Businesses. I decided I'd set up a Facebook group. So if anybody wanted to come and chat to me after they'd read the book, come and ask questions, then they could come and find me in the Facebook group. And that was the purpose behind it. I wanted to build a relationship with the people who'd bought the book from me. And yeah, I guess I also wanted to build my authority and build an audience and a bit of a community around me as well. So that lots of different things that I've shared there, but that was the purpose of my Facebook group. So that's number one. Number two thing to consider when setting up a Facebook group is what is in it for the people who come and join? What are they going to get from being part of your group? We're all in loads of Facebook groups. And whenever you get a request saying you've been invited to another Facebook group, it's always like, oh my gosh, do I really need another Facebook group? The last thing we need is another Facebook group. So it's really important to demonstrate what it is, what's in it for them and give them a compelling reason to join your group in the first place. So for example, Debbie Humphreys from Red Hound, she runs a Facebook community for her Red Hounders, for the people who buy her Whippet attire and Whippet products. 
Debbie has got a big audience on Instagram. She's got a big following on Facebook. She's got a Facebook group where she connects with her super fans. So inside of there, what's in it for them is they're the first to see her new products. They get the behind the scenes of what she's working on. For example, in, I'm, I'm in her group because I've interviewed her a few times and she's let me in even though I don't have a whippet. Um, but over like over autumn time, she was sharing her Christmas jumper pattern and showing the behind the scenes of her Christmas jumpers. And then she started a wait list in there. So people saw the Christmas jumpers being made. They were like, oh, I really, really, I really, really want one for my dog. So they could get on the wait list for her Christmas jumpers. That's an example of what's in it for them with Debbie's group. Um, and she does that with all kinds of different new products that she's ranging and charity auctions, all kinds of different things like that. So it's a really great place to be if you're a passionate Whippet owner and you love connecting with other Whippet people. Um, then we've got Sarah from My Anxious Dog. Sarah runs a community for her anxious dog owners, her product um, business is my anxious dog she makes yellow space awareness products i'll link to debbie and sarah's chat actually in the show notes so she has got a facebook group because she found when she had her um when she had an anxious dog herself and she started making products she'd sometimes go into other people's facebook groups and they would have a go at her because um they she was you know talking about her story and her product so she thought Do you know what i'm just going to go and set up one of my own so what's in it for the people in her group is they have a safe space where they can go and talk about life with their anxious dog. They can get support, get advice, know that they're not going to be judged. And they've got Sarah and a team of other experts in there as well who can advise and give support um, for anxious dogs. So that was just Patch coming in the bedroom. So we've talked about what's in it for them. For number three is what's in it for you. How is it going to benefit your business? So Facebook groups take a lot of time and effort and there has to be a return on investment for your time too. So an example of this would be Suzanne Gould. Suzanne Gould is a dog trainer at Edinburgh Holistic Dogs. Now she had the brilliant idea to set up a Facebook group for dog owners in Edinburgh in lockdown. So when the country first went into lockdown um, in March 2020, Suzanne knew that there were dog owners in Edinburgh who would need support, who didn't, you know, who were confused, frightened, worried about the dogs. And she set up a Facebook group for dog owners in Edinburgh where they could come and chat to her and get advice on activities that they could enjoy with their dog, how to support their dog in this crazy time that we've just gone into, um, you know, how to keep them entertained at home. Suzanne put so much time and effort into her group and it's been a huge asset for her business. At the time when we went into lockdown, I was working with Suzanne. She was doing my get um, my publicity for pet business programme. And we actually got some press coverage for her in the Telegraph for her Facebook group because they were asking for people who were doing great things in their community. Suzanne had this brilliant group where she was really helping dog owners and she got a lovely article um, in the Telegraph about it. So that's a great what's in it for you, isn't it? When it comes to what's in it for you for Debbie, Debbie can use her group for research and testing. Sarah can use her group for community and audience building. And what happened with Sarah is with her anxious dog group she created the group that she wanted for herself so she made her own community that helps her helps her and helps others as well so thing thing to consider number four is choosing a name that makes it easy to find choose a name that's easy to remember and searchable and reflects what goes on inside of the group my group is called publicity tips for pet businesses so it does exactly what it says on the tin if somebody is saying you know on facebook or in another facebook group I really want to get some publicity for my pet business. People can say, oh, you, you, there's a group for that. Go and join Publicity Tips for Pet Businesses with Rachel. I hope that happens anyway. Then number six is to think about your competitors. So research your competition and see what groups are already out there 
and what they're offering and think about how you can make your group different. So you don't want to create a group that's already there or really similar to another group because, you know, people don't need to be in that extra Facebook group and it might ruffle a few feathers as well. I'm not saying don't ruffle feathers. I'm just saying, you know, create a group that people actually, you know, it's different and that people will actually join. So rolling on from that, number seven is who is it for? Consider who your group is going to help. So is it local dog owners? Creating a local community group like Suzanne did where you chat about things happening in your area and answer questions can be a really good source of leads and it can also position you as an expert or a really helpful person. So think about your target audience. So another example is a dog trainer like Nikki French from Pup Talk. She has a group for pet owners who are interested in training and she has a lot of members who listen to her podcast or who have read her book, Stop Walking Your Dog. So in there, she has reactive dog owners and anxious dog owners. It's really, um, you know, her audience follow her from her book and her podcast into her group. So people who like what Nikki has to say, um, where, you know, one of her key topics is not walking your dog so much when they're anxious or they might have behavioural challenges. Um, She gives loads of brilliant support in her group. So it's quite clear who it's for. She's got her book and she's also got a podcast and her podcast will drive people to her group. So think about who your group is for as well. Another example is massage therapist Angela Day. Angela has just launched Barkwell Pets. That's for pet parents interested in health and wellness for for their dog. Her intention is to create a safe space for pet owners who want to ask questions where they won't be made to feel silly or judged. And what she does to make sure she has the right people coming in her group, she's thinking about who is it for, is she asks everybody to introduce themselves and share a photo of of their dog. Okay. So number eight is what are you going to offer? What resources are you going to provide for the group? Because if you build a group, then you have to give people inside there something to you know, you've got to give them something. You've got to give them a reason to be there. Are you going to do regular lives or challenges? Can you use the group to signpost people to your existing resources, such as a lead magnet, like a free download or a free training? One of the things I do in the questions section of my group when people come in is I ask them um, what kind of topics they would be interested in. So my free resources include five steps to get in the press, how to pitch yourself as a podcast guest. I've got 27 ideas to promote your pet business. They're all things that I can drive people to or see if people want when they come into the group. It's also um, a thing that where a place where I can research and find out what my most popular resources are as well and give people more of that. So that is number eight. We've thought about what we'll offer, then we need to be clear on what we won't offer as well. That's really important, particularly for somebody like Angela in Barkwell Pets. Now, Angela's a canine massage therapist and she can talk about lots of different things. She's really, obviously, really, um, she's got lots of qualifications, lots of accreditations when it comes to canine health. But what she has to be careful to do in her group is she can't have people asking for diagnoses for, um, you know, for their lame dog or if their dog has a medical problem. So she's made it really clear these are her actual words. It's not a directory, but it will talk you through what to look for when choosing your canine health or training professionals. It's not a place for diagnosis that any medical advice or will result in post being removed or commenting turned off. It's not a place to offer exercise or re, re, rehab plans. Sorry, I don't know why I stumbled over that word then. Um, so be clear on what you won't offer as well. In my group, I don't, I don't really um, make it's mega mega clear in my group but one thing I will say is if for example um, I have people in my group asking about how they can get press coverage I'll signpost them to one of my free resources what I won't be able to do is do their PR for free for them 
So I have had people in my group who have been very annoyed because I haven't done my PR, their PR for free for them. But I think it's, you know, you can also have rules in there as well where you can clarify what you won't offer um, and also the behaviour that you want in there. But I think talking about what you won't offer is really important, particularly if you're like, um, if you're in like the health and wellness area, be really clear. Then consider whether your group is going to be open, private or secret. Here are some definitions, okay? An open group is a face an open Facebook group is visible to anyone on Facebook and anyone can join without needing approval. All posts and discussions in the group are visible to the public even if they're not members of the group. An open group can be a good option if you want to reach a larger larger audience and want to be more visible on Facebook. However, it can mean that the group may attract spam or negative comments from people from outside of the group. Next, we've got a closed group. A closed group can be a good option if you want to build a community around a specific topic or interest and have more control over who participates in the group. So my group, for example, is a closed group. A secret group is completely invisible to anyone on Facebook apart from the members of the group. Members must be invited by a group admin to join and it can't be found through a Facebook search. All posts and discussions in the group are only visible to people who are members. A secret group can be a good option if you want to create a more exclusive or private community such as a support group for a specific health condition or a confidential group for employees of a company. However, it can also make it more difficult to attract new members and grow your group. So that's the that's how it works with open, private and closed groups. Another thing to consider, so this is number 10, is uh, what are the rules around your group? So Facebook generates them for you, but what will yours be? Now, remember, it's your group. You make the rules. You set the tone and the ethos of the group. Remember, your Facebook group is going to take a lot of time and energy. So don't be afraid when it comes to the rules. Your rule, the kind of rules you might think about could include no promo, kindness to animals always, no screenshotting conversations, no bullying, no promotion of similar groups. They're some of the group, uh, some of the rules I've got in my group, actually. Other rules to consider might be around being respectful, staying on topic, no selling, no graphic, con- no graphic content, such as, you know, animal injuries, that kind of thing. No medical advice, no sharing of copyrighted material, report issues to admin. One rule might be no swearing, no offensive language. Um, so think about your group, your rules. A really big one is the promo. Um, and also, like one of the ones I have in my group is... Because there's over 2,000 people in there, I ask people to um, comment on threads rather than if, you know, if somebody's got a new um, a new YouTube video and I do a sharing thread every Friday, if they put a post in asking to share their YouTube video, I will ask them to go and share it on the sharing thread. Purely because if I have to monitor every single post, that, if I have to, every post that goes into the group, I have to monitor and make sure that people are behaving nicely around it. And if everybody wanted to post their podcast or blog or YouTube video every week, I've got a group full of posts which I then have to monitor it's a hell of a lot of work for me and um yeah I don't think I don't think it's unreasonable when I have a sharing thread to ask people to share on the sharing thread number 11 is the law on Facebook group on Facebook groups this is really important I often see so many things in Facebook groups which are defamatory and could result in a libel action so a comment in a Facebook group can result in a libel claim and I have worked on stories where uh, a lady had to pay over £100,000 in damages because of a comment in a Facebook group. So really important to be mindful of this and be mindful of the law. I might sound a bit heavy handed here, but I don't want you to end up in court. 
So, for a libel case to stand up, the complainant, as in the person who is the injured party, must show that the statement was false and defamatory, the statement was communicated to a third party, and if it's in a Facebook group, then you're going to have a hell of a lot of different people in there, so a third party is just one person. If you're in a Facebook group, it could be hundreds of hundreds or thousands of people, and that the complainant was harmed by the statement either personally or professionally. Okay, so that is how the law works around libel. So, it's important to note that Facebook groups are subject to the same laws around defamation as any other form of communication. What you say in a Facebook group is covered by the same law as what would go on the front page of the Times, okay? So, members who make false or defamatory statements can be held liable for any harm caused and may face legal action. So to avoid potential defamation issues in your Facebook group, it's important to encourage members to be respectful and avoid making false or damaging statements about other people. Group admins should also monitor con content and address any issues or conflicts quif quickly and professionally. When I was talking about checking the threads, that's the kind of thing I'm checking the threads for. You just don't know what people are going to say. Number 12, um, the 12th thing to consider if you're going to set up a Facebook group for your pet business is a content plan. How will it work? Will there be regular discussion threads? These are really helpful for engagement and people using the group. You as a group owner will need to start the discussions at the beginning and then as the group grows, other people will do the work for you. I will, for example, if a new report's come out like the PDSA port report, go and drop that into my Facebook group and that will start a discussion. If something's happened on the TV, I might go in the Facebook in my Facebook group and chat about it, that will start a discussion. When Sainsbury's banned fireworks a few years ago, that led to a really good discussion in my Facebook group. But you are gonna have to give people things to talk about, give people topics to get the group going. You have to feed your Facebook group. You can't open it and expect it to, you know, be lively and engaging without doing any work. That's why people have threads in there. So I have um, I have Monday's mission, which is a motivation thread. I have uh, Win Wednesday, which I've had for years. And I love Win Wednesday because I know people love it too. And they go and share the wins in there. I alternate between Follow Friday and I do a Share Your Stuff on a Friday where people can go and share their content. Let's say they've got a blog or a podcast or they've had some press coverage or really chuffed about it. They can go and share it on that thread. That always does really nicely. I have a shameless plug that I drop in every now and then because it's a no promo group. But I think sometimes doing a shameless plug every now and then, that is go and plug your thing, be shameless, um, you know, shout about whatever you want. And then, the, you know, when people have got a new thing they want to promote, they can go and pop it on there. So think about what your content plan is going to look like. Um, will, will you do a weekly live? I've started doing a weekly live actually in my Facebook group. Um, it's a new thing that I've decided to do. Around 4pm every Wednesday, I go in and chat about a topic. Um, and it's very um, off the cuff. I don't plan it. And it's often it comes from questions that have been coming up in the Facebook group actually. Will you share your own content in there? I share my podcast in there every Thursday. I think it's my group. <clears throat> I get a lot of podcast ideas and inspiration from the group. So I feel like I'm sharing my content in there. That is something that people are looking for. It's something that people are going to find valuable. All my podcast episodes I put a lot of time and effort into. I hope people who are looking for publicity for their pet business and who are in my group are going to find it valuable. So yes, you go and share your own content in there. And if you are going to be sharing your own content in there, you should be. This will help you if you're growing a content channel like a blog or a podcast. So that could, again, be another purpose for you starting your Facebook group if you want to grow a channel. Number 13, things to consider, is growing your group. How will you promote it? Are you able to use your connections to attract people in there? 
consider the channels you've already got, such as your social media pages, your newsletter, um, talk about it at in-person events, talk about it at guest expert sessions, factor group promotion into your content schedule. So every couple of weeks I will talk about, I will do a post on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn about my Facebook group. It would be something like, do you know I've got a Facebook group or are you looking for, are you looking to be part of a community of other pet business owners who are looking to share the brilliant work that they do? And I will blurb that on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, maybe Twitter as well. If I go and do a guest expert, the first thing I talk about is my Facebook group. So I'm telling people that I will introduce myself as Rachel. I help businesses get publicity. I help pet business owners feel more confident putting themselves out there. I've got a Facebook community and a podcast called Publicity for Pet Businesses. So do come and join me over there because it'd be great to see you there. And it's a place where you can ask questions and get more support. So when it comes to growing your group, always have that in the back of your mind. Where can you talk about it? How can you tell people about it? Because that's what you want to do. You do want to grow your group. So um, Rob and Kennedy, who are two email marketing experts, they consider their group to be like a lead magnet now. So they have the group is the the first point of contact for people. They can then um, tell them about their um, downloads that they can go and grab or they can go and join their newsletter. Similar to myself, I offer people the opportunity to sign up for my email marketing newsletter and also my free uh, lead magnet. So my press release template, five steps to get in the press, how to pitch as a podcast guest, 27 ideas for your pet business. They, um, all people joining my group get offered those when they come in. So lots of ideas there about growing your group. Um, Thing to consider number 14, how much time can you commit to your Facebook group? Running a Facebook group takes time and effort, especially in the beginning. So plan how much time you can realistically commit to moderating the group and engaging with members. I would say I normally spend at least an hour a day in my group. So five hours a week minimum. 15, number 15 thing to consider is creating a safe space. So some of your time will be spent checking threads. I've referred to this throughout this podcast and making sure there are no issues or arguments. You may need to throw people out who don't follow the rules and have the confidence to do this. You can, I usually give, you know, one warning and then if a rule is broken again, they will be removed. So do have the confidence to do this and remember on the threads, and I don't want to be scaremongery, but often the most innocuous thing can cause all hell to break loose in a Facebook group. So be mindful of that and you want to create a safe space for your owners, for your owners, your members. So do keep going in and checking on your group. Number 16 things to consider is will you get help? Consider having somebody to help you with moderating if you have the budget for it. It could be a colleague if you have a team. So one of my clients is Zoe. She was on the podcast last week. I know she's got a team. So she's got like Jen, one of her trainers, who I know will go and help her in her Facebook group and moderate. You can also hire a VA or a community manager and have them go and check the group at least once a day to make sure everyone's happy and all is well in the group. Number 17, a thing to consider is about being sensitive to world events. For example, last week, I'm recording this on the 4th of April, it's going out the following week, Paul O'Grady, who is a national treasure and a big lover of dogs, he's a big advocate for animal welfare, he's a bat- he's an ambassador for Battersea Dogs Home, he is an ambassador for Street Vet, you know, he is, you know, he's a real national treasure. Everybody loves Paul O'Grady. He died and I'd done a Win Wednesday post and it was scheduled. Like I schedule my group content so I, I can get ahead and I can batch it and I can make sure that the, all the posts go out. So I woke up on Wednesday morning and thought, oh my gosh, are people going to think I'm insensitive for putting a Win Wednesday post out when, a, when Paul O'Grady died? 
So I went straight to the group and I adapted the post and I, I did have a little bit of a think um, as I was, you know, waking up and I thought, actually, no, Paula Grady's a huge dog lover, a huge, you know, animal advocate. Actually, um, you know, people in my group are all about celebrating animals, caring for animals, um, making their lives better. So let's let's have a win Wednesday because, you know, they're what, you know, that's what Paula Grady was all about. So I just tweaked it. But do you think about being sensitive to world events? So Paula Grady's death is an example. When the Queen died, you know, the mood of the nation was very, very sombre. So if you've got, you know, upbeat um, posts in your Facebook group, you might need to tone them down a little bit, like I've just explained. If there was a terror attack, if uh, you know, when war broke out in Ukraine, again, it's time to think about being sensitive wherever you are on social media, but, you know, in your Facebook group, that's another thing for you to think about. Okay, so for number 18 is, um, you know, are you going to be okay with removing people? I've mentioned this already, um, but are you going to be okay with removing people? Um, people are, if you have a Facebook group, there will be people who will, you know, sneak in if they're not supposed to be in there. There will be people who will take the mickey. There will be people who might be rude to you. There will be people who won't like things. Um, be comfortable with removing people. I've had to block people um, in my Facebook group. Um, and do be okay. I've put, will you be okay with this in my notes for this episode? I'm saying, but will you be okay with this? But please do be okay with this because you do, if you're putting the time and effort into running a Facebook group, then the least people can do is be respectful and be um, be polite to you when you're providing them with something really helpful. And I know that you will be. Number 19 thing to consider is when people leave your group, because that's another thing that will happen, people will um, leave your group because of all kinds of different reasons, um, will you let them return? You can sometimes take it a bit personally when people leave. I know I have, hands up. Um, but, you know, can people return? You can have that as maybe a rule for your group if you want to, or you can just you leave it to your own discussion. I've had people leave and then they've come back. Um, and there've been people who've been very nice and respectful in there. I've had people leave and then try and come back. And there've been people who haven't been very nice to me, so I haven't let them back. Um, so can people return? That's another thing to consider. Number 20, right, and this is, I'm putting this in here and I'm laughing, is the at everyone tag. So have you seen, like, surely, unless, like, if you use social media, you will have seen people talking about the at everyone tag. I think if you use a Facebook group, your rules, your group, your rules. If you want to use the at everyone tag, you use it. If you want to use it every day, it's your group, your rules, you go and use it. Have I think about how you're going to use the everyone tag. I use it sparingly and I've now written it into the group, into the rules of the group. So when people come in, they know that I will use it sparingly. I do not use it in a spammy way. Um, I used it every day once for a week when I was doing a free challenge and I had people leave the group, had a lot of people leave the group actually, had people send me messages saying, you've used the at everyone tag too much, I'm leaving. And um, I was putting on free challenge, and I thought mm, it was just when it, it when it was when it first came out, and I thought actually I feel justified because I'm putting on a free training. But on reflection, I probably wouldn't use it again because it does antagonise people, and I can see why. So whatever, however you decide to use the everyone tag, whether you use it sparingly, whether you use it as much as you want, whether you use it at all, it's your group, it's your rules. So final one on things to consider if you're setting up a Facebook group. I wanted to end on a high. I, I don't want to feel like I've been like scary um, here or, you know, I've shared the fairy tales and the scary tales, I think. Um, but number one, number 21 is to enjoy your group. I love having a Facebook group. It's one of the best things I've ever done for my business. I didn't have a clue what would happen when I first started it, but it's been such a brilliant thing. I love it. It's such a great community. Um, 
here are some reasons why you should enjoy your Facebook group and why it should be enjoyable and rewarding. You're building a community. Facebook groups give you an opportunity to bring people together with a common interest or passion. And you have the opportunity to create a really positive and supportive place for members. I've talked about loads of examples in this podcast. You can share your knowledge and your expertise. Running a Facebook group gives you a platform to share your expertise and help others learn and grow, which I've done with my group. I know there are thousands of pieces of publicity that have really helped people that have come from my group. And I'm really chuffed about that. And I know it means a lot to people. You've got networking. You're going to meet other people. You're going to make friends. I had meet up, meet up, meetups at Crufts. I've had meetups at SBS. Met people. We've hugged. We've laughed. We've drank rosé. We've had a brilliant time. All from a Facebook group. And, you know, it's just great for connecting people. I love connecting people. That's one of the things that really lights me up. You get feedback on the stuff that you're thinking about. People share their thoughts and opinions on what's going on in the world. You can think about creating products and services that are going to help them. When I did my B-Ball Bootcamp, it was all around people feeling more confident. And that came from conversations in my Facebook group. And then you've got that connection as well. We've got that sense of connection when we're all at home alone, working on our own as small businesses. And Facebook groups can give you that. So I would just say, you know, running a Facebook group is a really brilliant way for you to meet people, connect with other people, share your interest and passion, grow your business, grow your brand, grow your community. It's a brilliant, brilliant thing. So I hope that's given you lots to think about if you're thinking about setting up a Facebook group. So if you are here at the end, I want to share a little secret with you. So I've written most of this podcast myself, but I have used word for word for two sections of it, ChatGPT. Isn't it fascinating? So I've been talking about this with my um, mini membership. When this podcast goes out, we'll have done a little ChatGPT. Um, I'm not going to call it a class or anything like that because I'm figuring it all out myself, but we will have had a little bit of a play around with how ChatGPT works. I've been fiddling around with it for a while now. But the sections I used it for is when I taught about um, private secret and open Facebook groups and when I defined what defamation is. So I used it for two sections. Now normally that would have taken me 20 minutes to go and research defamation and write it myself. 20 minutes to go and research Facebook group and write it myself but I, I knew I needed that information. I got it from ChatPT, dropped it in. Did you notice any difference? Let me know. Um, send me a message. I'm at Rachel Spencer UK on all platforms and you can email me rachel at publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you're not there already, come and join my Facebook group. It's the Publicity for Pet Businesses community. And I will put the link in the show notes for this episode. If you're listening on an app, then swipe up and it will take you to the link. And if not, go to Facebook and search Publicity for Pet Businesses. And it will be great to see you there. If you set up a Facebook group, come and share it in my sharing thread every Friday. Come and let me know. And thank you once more for listening to the podcast. I'll be back next week with another episode. And I hope you have a great rest of the week. And good luck with your Facebook group too. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast. For more free resources and ways to promote yourself as a pet entrepreneur, visit www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk.